You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. Increase covers, not costs. It's time to level up with Talk, the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast. Can Peter Piper go fast casual? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business. And in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Dave McKillops, the CEO of CEC Entertainment, owner of Chuck E. Cheese and Peter Piper Pizza. CEC has had an almost literal roller coaster ride in the three years since David became the CEO. The pandemic pushed it into bankruptcy as consumers had to stay at home all the time and not go out for pizza and games. But then the reopening helped it come back remarkably strong as fun and games change proved popular among consumers who wanted to get out of the house. We talk about those issues and we also talk about Peter Piper, the regional pizza chain CEC operates. David talks about the company's efforts to break that chain out of its core market. Specifically, he talks about a new type of fast casual concept based on the Peter Piper name that CEC has started to test in Kansas City. That could give the company a third brand that it can grow with. It's a newsy discussion on pizza and games on a deeper dive, so please have a listen. All right. I am here with David McKillops. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be here. All right, uh, David, uh, start off. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. I have uh, been with the CEC company for now just over three years. Prior to that, I spent almost 25 years in the world of family entertainment, restaurants and theme parks and I uh, had a, a great stint with Warner Brothers representing the superheroes of, uh, of DC Comics. That was a whole heck of a lot of fun. 13 years at Six Flags and three fabulous years here at CEC Entertainment leading Chuck E. Cheese and Peter Piper Pizza. How many locations are those two at now? Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, together, we're very close to 700 locations globally. All right. So CEO for three years, you must, uh, you probably, I have to imagine that over the last three years, you kind of feel like Tim Robbins and Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> when he, when he escaped from, uh, when he escaped from prison. I'll tell you, it's, it's been, it's been a, quite, quite a run. It, it has really been incredible. And this team is fabulous. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to join the company in January, 2020. We closed the doors in March with COVID and, you know, ultimately, we had to go through a, a restructuring of the, of the company that took us in the back half of 20. But then we, you know, we came out of bankruptcy in, in the early part of 2021. And it has just been gangbusters since then, just, you know, normalizing operations, learning everything that we could learn, you know, while we were closed. And then, of course, during the recovery, put all kinds of new innovation and technology and new ideas and promotions to lift us where we are today. Talk about some of the things that you that you some of the uh, the new new technology and innovations that you've put uh, put in um, well, since then. Sure, I'll focus on uh, Chuck E. Cheese first. So, Chuck E. Cheese is our flagship brand. You know, roughly 460 locations domestically. We have close to another 100 locations outside the United States. We're heavy in Latin America as well as the Middle East. But you know, as I as I joined the company, I looked at all the great intellectual property this company has, the affinity of more than a billion guests that have come through our doors since we opened up uh, in 1977. But every generation had its own 
uh, innovation with Chuck E. Cheese. Of course, we started with the animatronics, then it moved into the ball pits, then it moved into the sky crawls and you know free-to-play attractions. So what was the next thing for, for Chuck E. Cheese? And as we were planning, COVID helped all of us in the industry expedite our thinking. And a lot of it led to technology. So the digital transformation and brand transformation has been enormous for, for this brand. In, in early 21, we started out uh, with this journey to bring in entertainment that is really going to delight three, four, five, six, seven-year-olds. And how are they growing up today? They're growing up on screens, right? They're, they're part of this a digital culture. And we led with that. We did a lot of testing and it tested very well in terms of not only sales, but, but guest feedback. So now the technology that we have put inside the brand new Chuck E. Cheese is leading with digital. We've got digital dance floors that kids can interact with. We've got floor to ceiling jumbotrons. We've got a TV network that's inside. We have new games. Then we opened up the locations to drive efficiencies for our operators. We added in pickup windows versus having a pizza runner to try to chase around the guests and find them you know, as they're playing in the, in the game room or in other areas of, of uh, the four walls. So simple things like that. Then we adapted and launched a new mobile app where you could uh, you know, buy online and you could manage your visit and, and, uh, and, and do all that. And then we've got you know, our digital menu boards and everything that we have fueled is going to go to the power of your hands. So you can you know, eventually plan your entire day when you come to Chuck E. Cheese. Really? Yeah, I do. Do see like um, I mean, one of the, the the interesting things is 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 that um, that business, the entertainment, yeah. which is a phrase I absolutely adore, by the way, for some reason. But it it that's from my perspective is really absolutely picked up, and consumers have over the past year just really want to get out. We see all sorts of data associated with that. Do you see that continuing? Uh, I do. I think there's been so much incredible innovation over the last several years. In fact, rough numbers since uh, 2020, over 260 new entertainment slash FECs have, have opened. And if you look at the, the the different categories, you know, bowling alleys and trampoline parks were a huge beneficiary during COVID because parents with kids were, wanted to seek out activity play. And, and uh, you know, during that time that they were still open during COVID. Um, you know, for us, we were shut down. We have a we have a younger audience, but the output of success during this particular period. Look at the success of Top Golf and Big Shots, and look at uh, all the innovation around mini golf and puttery. And you know, there's just and and now pickleball has exploded, and you know, chicken and pickle I think is an incredible concept. So I think that consumers now enjoy going out. They like to celebrate either with their family or their friends. They're demanding great food. They're they're demanding uh, variety in their food offerings, and they're getting that. So, entertainment is no longer uh, just kind of bad bar food with with fun games. It is the menus are great, the entertainment is great, and each one of these competitors that come into uh, the category are just elevating the category. I think it's I think it's really really exciting. Does it make like for a concept like yours? Now now you know I have I have kids. Um, I was a kid at one point. Chuck E. Cheese is like the biggest no-brainer. I swear. It just, it just, it's, it's easy. Both of my kids have had multiple birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese. They've gone to several of them at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, and, but does it, does it, 
which has to provide a pretty nice foundation for for your brand. But does it does it? But given the level of competition, the level of the number of concepts that you see out there, even though not all of them obviously are going for the four to seven year old birthday parties. But like, I mean, does that require you to just continue to push forward on innovation and things like that? Because you have to you have to maintain a certain level of relevance for for your customers. It, it does. So we are in a we're in a really unique position. What's incredible about this brand, we're the largest FEC in the world, more locations than any other family entertainment center brand or entertainment brand, frankly. But we do have a long legacy. So part of that is positive, right? We have incredible brand awareness. But part of it is, you know, we've got to touch many, many boxes to really make a change for our brand. And um, no other FEC at our scale is is really dealing with the demographic audience that, that we have. We own that three to eight space, and that is very unique. And um, I think the company in the past may have tried to get a little wider in its, in its demographic, and that would be advantageous for us in terms of being able to invite more people. But the reality of it is we own this space and we need to be the best at that space. People come to Chuck E. Cheese, their first interaction is typically through a birthday party. We're the leader in birthday parties, a half million birthday parties every single year domestically. On average, they're coming in a party size of 10. And that's the first brand impression. And for a service business, we can't screw up a birthday. We got to get that right. And we make it so easy for mom and dad, a turnkey uh, opportunity to come in and spend two hours where you can spend with your family and friends. That's the first place. So if we get that right, we, that's a big check bar. Then the innovation comes in and we look at the competition and they're continuing to push. And they have pushed us to think differently. We've been able to think differently outside of the US originally and adding in rock walls and trampoline parks and all kinds of different free to play or premium to play opportunities. We're now bringing those into the, to the United States. We just opened up our first trampoline zone in Brooklyn, New York, which is incredible. And now we're leaning into more live entertainment and our digital footprint inside the store to entertain you more. So we look at the competitive set, we see what's new, and we also look at how we can challenge ourselves and what's the best way to entertain the three, four, and five-year-old. Mm -hmm. Do you see uh, the trampoline zone being a big part of the company's future? Not sure yet, it's too, it's too new. We're very successful in Mexico. That's just part of the experience in one of our locations there. We have a trampoline in Chile. Uh, we have a rock wall in Saudi Arabia. We're getting ready to open another Middle East location that has a mini bowling alley, a sports complex. You know, all the, all those things. So we're we're testing a lot of different things right now. We've done that for years. We'll continue to do that. And, uh, you know, we'll see the the guest response, um, you know, the first four weeks has been has been great. We just need to look at that. And is that a business that we want to be in? And, and uh, we're not talking about transforming the entire company into trampoline parks. You're talking about a 500 square foot added free to play or premium to play attraction. Yeah, yeah. I know that like trampoline parks was sort of a, a challenge in the in, in the past because they you know they they kind of came out of almost nowhere, or at least that's what it seems like to me. And then suddenly was was a competitive uh, competitive threat to to Chuck E. Cheese. There are a lot of companies that go for I mean you know not specifically you know entertainment type concert restaurants, but there are a lot of companies that target that birthday crowd. It's amazing. They do. They do. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Peter Piper. Where's, where's how, how are things at that chain? So Peter Piper Pizza is a regional chain, predominantly in the Southwest United States. It's about 50-50% uh, 
franchise to corporate own. We're in four states and uh, we've got locations in Mexico as well. So Peter Piper Pizza is also a pizza and uh, gaming concept, but it is just the opposite in terms of its business model to Chuck E. Cheese. The majority of revenue that comes through Chuck E. Cheese is for amusements, game, and entertainment. And then, you know, 25, 30% is for F&B. Peter Piper is just the opposite. And as we were going through the COVID closures, really on the Chuck E. Cheese brand, what we saw in 2020 is that the demand for the pizza and F&B for Peter Piper remained strong and strengthened during the pandemic. People love the pizza. It's an incredible product. We, we, uh, it's uh, scratch made every single day. We've got a couple different uh, uh, crust types, including what I think is the best uh, pan pizza in, in America. And we saw this off-premise grow. And so in 2021, we launched our first, uh, or actually in the early part of 22, we launched our first delivery and carryout unit only. So we went from 14,000 square feet, looked at the demand for carryout, and strategically placed three Peter Piper Express units that were about 1,000, 1,200 square feet, just pushing out pizzas. And you know we've, we've, we've got about a year learning now. We're really happy with, with uh, what those are delivering now. And it allows us to deliver a different occasion to our guests. There's three guests that come to Peter Piper Pizza. One, you got your families that come in for birthdays. Two, you've got a, a blue collar crowd that really enjoys our buffet offering that is, is coming in. And then, uh, and then three, you have your, your everyday audience. And we're just coming in, that's, that's typical family. So they're, they're coming every day. So it acts much more like a restaurant. So as we were ideating, well, as we were watching the business, which was really on a, on a terror in, in 2021 and into 22, we thought, where else could we go with this brand? And where else could we go conceptually with this brand because the company had in years past had tried to bring Peter Piper into new markets, Oklahoma, Vegas, Miami, in the same footprint. And quite frankly, when it opens up in a new market that has very low brand awareness, like Oklahoma City as an example, it kind of looks and feels like a Chuck E. Cheese, right? Serves pizza, it's got games, it's brought up bright colors. So Chuck E. Cheese dominates, frankly. And you know that they have the, the market share. Um, so we had to think, what are the core assets of Peter Piper Pizza? And it's just, it starts with great quality, scratch-made, fantastic, fresh food. And gaming is always going to be a part of that brand. So we did a lot of research for about six to nine months and found that we were going to launch a new fast casual concept called Peter Piper Pizzeria. So now we've got Peter Piper Pizza, the Express, which is a new concept just for delivering carry-on, and the Pizzeria we just opened about eight weeks ago in Kansas City, our first one, limited game package, uh, great open kitchen, and uh, really a, a fun menu that, that ties back to the core. And, um, you know, we're seeing success there. And then we're going to open up our second here next month. So do you see so you see that as, as sort of complementary to to Chuck E. Cheese outside of Peter Piper's core markets? I, I do. It, it won't be competitive. So it's it's very much a it's a different occasion that you're going to go where Chuck E. Cheese is very much about the the young parents with really birthday parties or or a family celebratory experience. This is much more a restaurant where you're going to get 12 to 14 visits a year and we're selling pizza. But if if you're there with family or friends, we'll still have a limited game package that, that ties back to the brand's origin. Yeah. So uh, getting back, I guess, to, the, to, to Peter Piper is. 
do they have like in in Peter Piper's core markets? I mean, is that do they have you know how is their customer base uh, different from from Chuck E. Cheese? It's it's a wider family demographic. So as I mentioned before, you got those those three customers that you have. But Piper yeah. will bring in at, at three four years old, but we can take you up to eighteen. So it's a full family experience. The game package is a little bit different as well. That appeals to a a wider demographic of kids. Food is generally the same. It's a different recipe makeup. Uh, it's it's a little it leans forward in terms of its uh, um, uh, sophistication in terms of flavor profiles and LTOs that we do. Great wings, great pizza as well. So you know, in the markets that we're in, Phoenix, Tucson, El Paso, it's the dominant brand. Mm-hmm. So. Um... But that's, that's I mean, that's sort of a challenge for, for, for a brand is trying to, you know, if you're a regional brand, obviously expanding outside of your core markets and then trying to get customers to understand who you are is probably a perpetual challenge, I suspect. It is. And it is for, for any brand. You've got some brand awareness. When we did some of the analysis, we looked at where are the people moving from South Texas, from Tucson, from Phoenix, and we landed on a couple cities Ultimately, we decided on Kansas City because there was some transient, uh, uh, transient movement from Arizona, and it's a great pizza market. It's modest in terms of its uh, overall media commitments and and uh, and uh, rent commitments as well. So, uh, we think it's a great city to to uh, look at this proof of concept. Mm-hmm. And and so, how many of these locations do you plan to open, and then uh, before you make uh, decide on the next steps? We're still we're seeking out some more express units, which are more of an infill strategy in our current markets. Mm-hmm. But the proof of concept right now in Kansas City, we need to let that bake for six to nine months. And then we've got a couple other cities that we would be interested in in terms of going in corporately. And then if there's a franchise available uh, option, we, we may look at that. But we're still we're you know, we're looking at that. We just need to test the concept right now and make sure that we're, we're making the adjustments to meet consumer demand. What are the, I guess, what what are the things that you, when you're developing a, uh, I mean, this is more or less a new concept. Yeah. I mean, it, it does have the, the, the Peter Piper branding, but, you know, in most of these locations that you're planning to expand, Peter Piper isn't as well known. So, um, I mean, how do you, what do you look for when you're, when you're creating a brand and, 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 and trying to determine is, is this something that is going to be successful down the road? We look at we look at the the core brand attributes and and what makes it successful already. And the first thing I talked about our food quality, and we wanted to make sure that we get that right first. That is the most important thing. So it's food, it's great food quality and great service. So before we start marketing, before we start layering in in a lot of commercialization, we want to make sure that we get that experience right. We want to make sure the menu is set that is correct. And for us, we know that you know looking at our entertainment. It's part of the experience of going out. Yeah. We opened up the kitchens. We've got uh, the first brand ever to introduce the Rotoflex oven, uh, which is which is I call it kind of theater of of, of watching uh, the, the pizzas being made. It's a wide open kitchen, so you go in, you order. You've got games, you've got the TVs, you've got great music, and then you can watch your pizza being made as well. And I think that's part of the theater of going out uh, where you don't get at home. So. Uh, we'll look at that. So as we build this brand, we listen to our uh, our guests that are coming in. And then we watch, of course, what is moving the needle on the menu. What is uh, from a from a price and value perspective, what is most important? 
And then, you know, we adjust. So we're not afraid to, you know, go out on the limb and try some new things. And if it doesn't work, we pull it back. You know, the, 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 the old adage of if you're going to fail, fail fast and then, you know, make some, make some decisions. But we feel really, really good about our product. And we're listening to the consumers in a new market. And we're taking what we've learned from 50 years of operating in the Southwest. And how do we apply it to the brand on a go forward basis? Mm-hmm. So how does a menu work at the, at the fast casual? Uh, menu works uh, similar to the full expression, except for we don't have the buffet option. So we're all scratch made. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we have various uh, pizza options, both fresh dough, pan pizza. We do have some sandwich options that we looked at and then we brought in pasta. So that was new for the fast casual. So that we can move pretty quickly in terms of uh, from getting ordered and get it out. We're, we're looking at about a 15 minute time period, especially in that lunch hour. And we looked at how do we even expedite? So what you'll find at fast casual that we don't have in the full expression is we've got pizzas hot and ready to go and it's by the slice. So only for the lunchtime period, we now have a, a you know two slices in a, in a, in a drink uh, for a, a marginal price point. We didn't have that in our original concept, but we learn really fast because we're well positioned between one of the sub chains and, you know, in a, in a salad chain that, you know, you got to move quickly during lunch. And, you know, sometimes in the Rotoflex and a pan pizza, it just takes a little bit longer. So we weren't able to meet that demand, but we quickly adapted and we made that change. So um, we had a assortment of beer, wine, uh, great desserts as well. But the but the core product is pizza, pasta and salads. Mm hmm. Right. So it, it is made to order. But for like lunch, you have you have slices available. That's correct. Right. Right. Plus plus beer and wine. All right. Um, how, how is the games business these days? Games business is, is good. A lot of demand on, uh, on new games, uh, 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 you know, fun brands that are coming in. I'll tell you, there's great demand in the arcade business. There's a lot of arcades and FECs that have opened up since, since 2020, a couple hundred, in fact. And now the trampoline uh, parks that were once kind of a one-trick pony that just had trampolines are really diversifying into birthday, arcades, free-to-play um, you know, looking more into their menu options as well. And there, there are several there. So a lot of demand on, on the arcade business, but, you know, for Chuck E. Cheese, this is something that's super important to us. We've got our own proprietary games and rides that are Chuck E. branded. And then, of course, we're in the ball game of looking at third-party games uh, that uh, kids will instantly recognize when they, when they come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating that um, that as many games as people have available to them on a day to day basis, that that it remains such a good business um, for for a company like yours um, and that there's a, a level of demand. Yes. There is amazing to me. Um, it is. And it really it's it's uh, really beneficial on the margin side of the business, especially, you know, as, as labor last year was was getting crunched, um, you know, uh, in terms of our AUVs, we're in the, you know, 1415 range for a, a Chuck E. Cheese, but, you know, we can have very minimal staffing because you've got anywhere between 70 and 90 player positions in terms of our, our number of cabinets that we have. So uh, we have, a, we have a, a technician at each one of our locations that keeps us running, but the majority of our square foot inside those four walls are games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a a super profitable business. So, so was it kind of a no brainer when you're developing the fast casual that you included some some games with that? It was a really hot debate because really? internally we saw the pride 
that we have in our food offering. And we saw the demand for the food offering during that COVID time period. And that, that's, you know, that a lot of that was just carry on delivery. So that wasn't coming into the box and playing games. And then we opened up these, these uh, delivery carry out uh, Peter Piper Express and we, and we saw the demand there. So as we looked at entering a new market, we had to make some strategic decisions of what we were going to offer. Was games going to be a part of it or not? And, you know, the, the folks that have been with the brand for so long, games uh, was so tied to the legacy of the brand. They just felt it was, was, it was a strength. And then we had to look at the, the business model as well. So if we were going to enter a new market, how to make sure, how do we differentiate from the Chuck E. Cheese brand, number one, two, make sure that people were taking a new brand very seriously about our pizza products and our food offerings. And if you got a lot of arcade games, it kind of, it could diminish, you know, that occasion of going out and wanting a, a real high quality food item. So it was a great, great debate that we had internally. We did some insights on it. So what we decided to do is the two locations that we opened up in Kansas City, the first one just had a couple games. And we're going to look to have anywhere but two to five games. The second location, we went a little wider in our square foot. We'd up to 4,500 square foot. And then we're going to have 10, 11 games. And, you know, we're going to just see what the consumer response is and what the guest response is. And, and, and I think the design and ambiance when you walk in, it still screams great quality pizzeria food, but you got to have the games. And uh, we, were, we were very sensible about what brands we wanted in, in. especially if we're going to look yeah. at an older crowd. So, you know, right. the Pac-Mans, you know, some, of, some of the older ones versus, you know, just the, the more younger brands. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. What, what pushed it over the top that made you decide, okay, we're going we're gonna to do games? We looked at the legacy of the brand. We looked at the dwell time it takes from ordering your pizza to getting your pizza. And you have 15, 20 minutes. And mm -hmm. if you have an opportunity, could be incremental revenue, could be a great guest satisfaction. So, you know, as I said, we got one that has limited games, one that has more games. And we're going to see ultimately which one wins. Huh. Oh, that'll be fascinating. David, this was uh, great. Really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Well, I think uh, thank you very much for having me. And uh, it was great to great to chat about the business. And if you give me a couple months, I can update you on how we're doing. I love to hear about that. I'm, I'm fascinated to see which version wins more games or less games. Us too. It's going to be great. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Spoons Kazmarek, artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this in other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. covers, not costs. It's time to level up with Talk, the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast.